got to get myself sorted. Well, I have to start with the most fantastic news. If you didn't know, last night, for the very first time in a very, very long time, right in front of Pastor Steve, the Auckland rugby team are now champions again. Come on, who's excited about that? I got very excited last night, and Zach was like, what's so exciting about this? And I said, Zach, the, any Auckland rugby team, they haven't won for like way longer than you've been alive. <laughs> so we have to celebrate this. I mean, it was, it was, pretty, it was pretty exciting. Anyway, okay, some even more exciting news. If you know of any kids who are of a kindy or daycare age, very, very soon, we have a daycare that's ready to open. The staff turn up on Monday, so tomorrow. So the Good Seeds Child Centre is ready to open. So if you or you know of somebody who would like good Christian education for their under five-year-old that is at a great price, I guess that's the way to put it, then it's, it's ready to open. If you haven't gone and seen it, the, it's been renovated. The outdoor playground is amazing. You can go out there and have a look. But what I think is really exciting is we're not running it. We're going in partnership with the Good Seeds Trust. But pretty much all of the staff, well, I know all the staff are churchgoers, but 90% of the staff that are going to be working there are all from this campus. They're all from Church Unlimited. So it's just fantastic what God is doing. And what I'm hoping is not just heaps of our kids go there and they get a great education, but I hope lots of the community kids start coming because it's going to be a great, whatever you call it, kindy or daycare or whatever you want to say. And, and I just think it's going to be a great outreach to the community. So if you want to go and have a look, go out there and have a look. It's pretty special. So tonight... I'm excited about tonight, the youth service, the, it's the intermediates are taking the service. And the reason they're taking the service is because they've just come back from camp. And you know, for me, I don't want to hear what God is saying to me in, in a church service. I want to receive something. Yeah, right. And these guys have been gone to camp, come back, they're on fire, and I want to catch what they've got. Yeah. So I want to encourage you, come along tonight, not to hear something great, but to receive something great. And you know, if somebody's got a good bug, you want to receive it. You want to catch it. You want to have it. And they've got it. So come along tonight and they will impart something to you. And we just need to support the next generation because they are on fire and they're going somewhere. So tonight, six o'clock, it'll be a great service. Come along and support them. And I know Ivan's got a great message. He, him and I were up at the office late last night preparing. So it's all ready to go. So um, I'm, I'm excited about it. Anyway, you may have noticed here at church, we've been doing something a little bit different over the last well, four weeks. And it's something we've kind of done, but not really ever done before. And that is, we've had some cards out. No, it's more than that. We've had these cards out because right across every campus, every morning service has been having the same theme, and that's the theme of All In. And All In represents team. It's not just about an All In faith with God, it's about All In together. So we've got an All In Team, because team equals all in. Hey, have people seen these out in the car park? I think the car park guys have been doing a great job. A few weeks ago, Jody and I and the kids, we did it for two weeks. The first week, the kids loved it. The second week, they weren't interested at all. But, you know, all in is unity. It's about all of us together. And then 
all in his family. And I love the thought of family because, you know, when God tried to talk about church in the New Testament, he used the example of family, of everyone doing it together, all in one place at, at one time together. And that's a picture of family. And, you know, when there's a family occasion, you have to go. And you know why you have to go? Because you're blood. You don't have a choice. You know when mum, when mum says, mum's not listening, she's just talking right now, but when, when <laughs> she's in the service, because she was serving in creation in the first service, but when mum says it's a family dinner, you know what? You're there. You, you understand how it works? Because it's family. And, and that's the picture of what God's saying a church should be like, is all of us together, we're believers in Christ, and, and he said, go and get into a church. Part of, be part of the church, but get to a church where you can do life with other people. And that's what all in is. It's all of us together in one direction bringing change. So unity is all in and family is all in. And there's a picture here that if we can really grasp this, we will step forward as a whole church. And I love the thought, you know, just think about this. Imagine if everyone who called Church Unlimited home turned up to church every time they were actually in town. The place would actually be overflowing. It would be too full. But that would be fantastic because all of us together as one family. Picture this. Imagine if every one of us turned up to a prayer meeting a week. Boy, the level of prayer and the importance of prayer would just skyrocket. And why? Not because we want numbers, but because together there's a power in that. And of course, we can only do what we can do, but can you picture the, the power of all of us together, all in doing it in one place? You know, all of us going, man, I've got to be a full-time minister out there. I've got to go and reach my neighbor. The power of it will be not just transforming to us, but it'll be transforming to the community. And that's what all in is, is about. It's all of us together, every one of us being totally on board with what God is saying. And I, I just love that. I love the fact that as a church, we're not just about reaching Glendine. We're about reaching West Auckland and Auckland and the nation because that's what God has placed upon us. And if we're going to do that, guess what? It's going to require every one of you. Even you who I can't see right up the back in the balcony, it requires every one of us from the left to the right. It requires all of us and all of us come together. But then there's another side of this. As a church, we've now got is it seven locations. But even here in the West Campus, we've got a 9 and 11 or 6 p.m. service. If you've been coming here for like 15 years, I guarantee there's somebody who comes to the 9 o'clock service that you've never seen before. And they're part of your family. And see, that's what I am excited about with New Zealand and beyond. Because it's family, it's together. And you know, my mum's not telling you to come. God is saying, come on, let's get together. Because there there's faith and expectation. There God moves because we're all there in one place. And do you know what else is going to happen? Because it's happened at every conference. God is going to speak. God will speak at conference. And see, if you're not there, you're just going to hear the words. But if you're there, you're going to receive something. And so I want to invite you, come to my Christmas party. It's just it's in April at the Trust Arena. And you don't have to bring turkey. You just have to get a ticket. And, and I want to make it really clear. We're going to kind of get into the message and you'll see the correlation. But at the moment, the tickets are $65. And the kids' prices are even cheaper. But soon it goes up to $90. And then after that, 
it goes up to $120. And the truth is, get it at 65, it's so cheap. It's cheaper than turkey. I don't know, I don't really buy turkeys. Hey, the other thing is, on the way out this morning, because we're not, about, we're not just about New Zealand bond, we're about New Zealand. We're about seeing the nation changed. And what we've done is we've got bought a whole lot of these and I've gone on it, pray your kingdom comes. Because that's what we want in New Zealand. New Zealand needs to be changed, right? Yeah. It really does. Well, we have got these, and guess what? They're free. If you would like to get one of these to put on your wrist every so often, and it's there not to wear, it's there to remind you, hey, pray for New Zealand. Because our nation needs prayer. So on the way out, if you want to grab one, they're free. Just grab one. Don't take more because we've only got a limited supply. But grab one, take it. And put it on and go, yeah, I'm going to pray for New Zealand. Because New Zealand needs prayer. So if you could do that, that would be awesome. Well, we're going to get into the message now. And because we're on this all-in theme, I want to recap what's been happening over the last few weeks. And God's really been challenging me personally. And this morning, as I, as I preach, as I share, Jody and I were sharing this morning earlier on. And we were saying, you know, if you guys get nothing out of this, that's okay. Because Jody and I need to hear it. We need to receive it. And this is what God's saying to me. So if you want to listen, take it on board. But we're going to recap to start with. And first of all, if you go right back to the start of the all-in theme, Pastor Tark said we need to be all-in and all-out for the all-in-all. And he really focused on the thought of surrender. And he said people end up buying in but not selling out. Maybe you can remember that. But I love the thought he brought out is James 4 verse 8 where he said, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. And you know, I really felt God speak so clearly to me about that. And it was kind of like he was saying, look, if you take a little step towards God, then he, on the other hand, turns around, and he takes a massive leap towards you. And you so see it, we've just finished a, a three days of prayer and fasting, and I'll be honest, my body hates it so much. I love food, can't you tell? I love food. My body hates it, but you know what? My spirit man loves it. And that Thursday night prayer meeting we had just a few days ago, it was so powerful. All of a sudden, an hour was up. Why? Because our spirit were charged. And when you take that step towards God, God leaps towards you, and you so see it. And then um, the second week, Pastor Tuck continued the thought of surrender, and he challenged us to take that one step. And he said, what is that one step of surrender that we can all do? And he said, you know, you will change when the pain of staying the same as we are becomes greater than the pain or discomfort of change. Because we know change isn't nice, but it's worth it. And he talked about how one small decision can turn or change history. One small act of surrender can change the course of your life. And then last week, Pastor Tark showed us this graph. And this graph was like, oh, oh, that's so true. And see, the white line is what we think we're like. The white line is, well, as my knowledge increases, my obedience and my Christ-likeness and all that increases. But it's not true. Because we get fed all the time. We're hearing messages, but we're not doing anything. And see, our lives are more like the red line. Probably mine may be more straight up. But any, you know, we hear so much knowledge, but we don't do. And Pastor Tark brought out, and it was like, wow, that is so true. That in the Hebrew language, there's no distinction between the word knowing and doing. Because if you know, you will do. And if you do, you actually now know. 
But if you don't do, you actually haven't learned anything. How true is that? And that's the problem, I would say, with the Western church, is we're getting all this knowledge, but we're not doing anything with it. What a challenge. You know, when I was a youth pastor many years ago, I had this statement to the youth, fat babies. Because you know what? We become like fat babies. We just sit and eat and we don't crawl, we don't walk, we don't do anything. And so we're just eating, eating, eating and doing nothing. But God hasn't called us to be that. God has called us to go out and do something. So today I want to get really practical on how you and I can be all in. And hopefully we can take another step towards being more all in as one big massive family together. So I have titled our talk today, Intentionally All In. And intentionality or being intentional is just about doing things on purpose or with a reason, with a cause. So I want you to turn to somebody around you and say, intentional. You know, I love the word intentional. You can't say it like wussy. You've got to say it with energy, don't you? Like, I'm going to be intentional. You can't say it like intentional. You know, you've got to say it. You've got to really say it because that's what we're going to do. So let's pray. Father, I just ask right now as we look at your word, God, that you'll speak so clearly, God, to to myself, to every one of us. God, we'll not hear my words, but we'll hear what you're saying inside of us. God, that we'll get some revelation. God, you'll just bring something to us that our eyes are open spiritually to see something new and fresh, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, just over two weeks ago, our little daughter, Emma, turned five. Now, of course, we had a party on the Saturday, and that was fun. And then Pastor Adrian, she um, took Zach and Emma home so Jody and I could clean up. And we cleaned up. Now, actually, up there, you, just so you know, that's Emma on her first day of school. Man, she was so ready for school. They, they are so ready. They loved it. Although she did pull a sickie on, was it Friday? She better not do that again. My goodness, man. Anyway, so... We're at home after this party and we're sitting down and Emma has just finished kindy and they did this portfolio of all the cool things that they did at kindy. And so I sat down at the kitchen bench and I opened up the portfolio and I started turning through the pages. And honestly, I don't know what happened. I, I just started crying. And not, not, not a crocodile tear, like I started weeping. Like, I'm thinking, what's going on? I'm thinking, am I having a mental breakdown? Like, like honestly, I couldn't stop crying. I was just, and Jody was like, what's wrong with you? And, and like, I went away from it, and, and I was just still crying. I'm like, what's going on? And, and it really hit me. Not that Emma's growing up, because yes, she's growing up, but it, it hit me. Where has that, that time gone? Where have those five years gone? What's gone? It, it's just gone. And I was like, have I been a good dad? Am I even part of Emma's memories? Now, of course, I wasn't in the book because she was at kindy. And, but I was like, what, what have I done? And where's that time gone? And I was just like, man, this is, so, this is really serious. And to be honest, I don't know if you've ever felt like that, but it, it hit me and it's still, I can still feel it right now. And what I'm realizing is that time goes just like that. You know, Job... Uh, nine says time goes faster than a runner. And that's what happens with time. It just goes. It's just gone. And I, 
and the realization that I can't get that five years back. It's, it's happened. And I hope I'm part of her memories. You know, I need to do something. Moses in Psalm 90 verse 12 wrote this thought. He says, teach us to number our days and recognize how few they are. Help us to spend them as we should. There's two thoughts in there that I want us to look at. Number one, teach us to number our days. Now, do you know what that means? Number your days is like a child before his or her birthday or before Christmas. They're counting the sleeps. Do you know there's 57 sleeps till Christmas? There you go. That's numbering your days. Okay, the other thing, the other thing that you number is like a bride before their wedding day. They know how many days till the big day. Where's Alyssa? Alyssa, my PA, she's about to get married. She will know how many days there are. Now, Tinny over there, he's probably got no idea because it's her day, not his day. But, you know, that's numbering your days, right? But then help us to spend them. Now, hands up, who has heard the phrase, time is money? Yeah? A few of you. Okay, there's a phrase out there saying time is money. I'm sure you've actually heard of it. But imagine if we put the same value on time as we did on money. You know, I'm just thinking about how we shop. We're always going from this shop to that shop, looking for the best bargain, seeing if we can save $20, and it probably takes two hours to do it. Time is money. You know, where are we putting the value? You know, I'm just thinking about Jody and I. We, you know, we go, well, I go with her, hold, hold her hand, and she just goes and spends and spends and spends <laughs> looking for the best bargain. But it's time. And maybe it's not wasted time because she loves shopping and I like being with her. No, I do like shopping. I like getting a good bargain. But, you know, that whole thought of, you know, where are we spending our time? Because time is money. You know, nowadays, I can get my phone out anytime I want and I can check my bank balance. I can see how much, how much debt is sitting in there. I can see what's going on and, and I can do that all the time. But maybe we need to be doing that with our time. We need to open a TSB account, a time savings bank, you know, where we check our time, where we've got an account of how we're spending our time and seeing what's happening. It would really tell us whether we are using it or whether we're wasting it, whether we're spending it or investing it. Can you see how time is money? It's almost like it's a biblical principle, isn't it? Like, it, it's what happens. Just checking, I haven't jumped forward in my notes. No, that's good. You know, where's that time gone with Emma? Have I spent it well? Have I used it? Or have I wasted it? Have I put it on the wrong things? You know, the thought of time is money, it's a really good thought, isn't it? It's a great revelation. How are you spending your time? I hope you grabbed it. I hope you got it this morning. I want to say something now that I heard from Andy Stanley that I've developed a little bit further. And I think it's important that we grab it and, and allow it to change our perspective because sometimes when we're talking about time or we're being intentional, we're thinking, oh, that's a very practical matter. That's just time management. Why are we talking about it in church? Well, see, the truth is time is a gift from God. So how, and he is very interested in how I use my time. 
God is very interested in how you use your time. So I want to say this very clearly. Anything to do with time is a spiritual matter. And God is interested in how we use it. And I want to even go a little bit further. You know, we need to stop asking ourselves the question, what time is it? The truth is, I know numbers of you have probably already checked your watch. Oh, how long has he been going for now? You don't have to worry. We always finish at the same time, on time, because it's very important to us in the Western culture, on time. Although you should turn up on time. But anyway. (laughs) But you know, we're always asking, what time is it? But maybe we should ask the other question. What have I done with my time? What have I done with my time? It's a really interesting question. You know, imagine if every time you check your watch and go, oh, actually, not what time is it? What have I done today? Have I done anything today? Well, that's getting a bit tough, isn't it? Okay, let's come over to this because I know you guys are being a bit intrigued about this right now. Sorry. I need my notes, otherwise I'll lose my place. Now, today, I want to use this jar to illustrate time. Okay, so you imagine this is your time, the time that you've got, whether it's a day today, whether it's a year, whether it's your lifetime, this is the time that you've got. Because the truth is, just like with time and money, we can't, well, that's where time and money differ. Got to get this. You cannot get any more time. The time you've got is the time you've got. And you know what? You can't exchange your time. You know, like you can take a gift back, You can't do that with time. Once it's used, it's gone. And you can't get it back. Your time, time is actually more valuable than money. And if we got that revelation, it'd change us. So these jars represent time. And see these little stones in here, John? They're not peppermints. John up at the office, he he went past and he went to grab one. It would have damaged his teeth, I tell you. They're little stones, okay? These stones... They represent all the fun things we do in life. You know, all how we spend our time, the cool things, the things we enjoy, the things that we don't want to give up. For many of you, basically all these stones represent your time on Facebook or, or Instagram or social media of some description. For some of you, not mentioning my wife, it represents shopping. You know, it, it, it just represents things that we do, and they're not bad things, they're just not probably the most important things in our lives, but we love doing them. You know, it could be a game, a game on our phone, a game like, what's that game that you're all playing? Fortnite? That's where, for some of you actually the jar should be full, and it's just Fortnite. You you know what I'm saying? It's, It's just those things that we fill up with our day. Some of you, it's movies and TV. It's spending late nights just out with friends and, you know, it's things that aren't bad, but they just fill up our lives. And you know what's really interesting? We can fill up our lives with this. But then we have to ask ourselves the question, what are the important things? What are the things that, you know, should be in our time jar? You know, just like I've been mentioning, probably this one. Our kids, if you've got them, you know, children, they definitely need to go on there. Then, probably, your spouse. Uh, (laughs) 
than this one. Don't want to get in trouble. You know, you know we, put, we put the rocks, the important things in our lives. You know, we put them all in and we go, you know, oh, work, um, you know, our, our extended family, hopefully that all goes in there. I just want to, I'm being careful because I actually smashed one of these trying it at home. But, you know, we, we put the important things in. We put them all in like, oh, probably work is kind of important, isn't it? We put that in and then um, hopefully we've, got time to do something at, at church or get involved in our community and make a difference and which I've done this wrong I need to put that one out there put that one in and then you know other important things and then oh our relationship with God it doesn't fit our time's overflowing and the truth is we also we don't have enough time but what about the important things? You know, getting along to conference and allowing God to change our lives. It, it just doesn't fit. The God rock, it just ends up sitting out there. It just ends up being left. And the question is, what are the important things? What are the things that we meant to get in our jar? Now, I know some of you are like, oh, I've seen that before, and that's not new information, but... My question is, can we put that graph back up, guys? It's coming. What are you doing about it? Yeah. What am I doing about it? Do I know it? Well, according to the Hebrew, I don't. Because if I know, I do. We need to be more intentional with our time because time really is money. But it's not what is important, it's who is important. You know, those grey rocks are talking about relationships. They're talking about the relationships, our family, our, our spouse, our extended family, our workmates, our, our friends. Oh, did I mention exercise? <laughs> it's probably out there too. But you know what? If God's given us all the time we need, but we don't look after ourselves, we run out of time. It's gone. And we can't get it back once we've gone to heaven. What? What are those big rocks? What are the important things that you're putting in our lives? And you know what's really interesting in, in the Bible? There's no word for being intentional or priorities or being purposeful. But what there is, there's a word called seek. And that's roughly how it got translated. And right through the Old and the New Testament, there's this phrase, seek. Yeah. Psalm 63 verse 1 says, You God are my God, and earnestly I will seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you. Or Psalm 119, I seek you. I'm intentionally after you. God, you're first. And of course, you're all thinking, oh yeah, that's seek verse. Well, why don't you turn there? Matthew chapter 6. Turn there with me and have a look. Matthew chapter 6. But usually we just start at verse 33. But I want to start at verse 31. This is really important. It says, therefore, do not worry saying, what shall we eat? Oh, for some of you, that's a big grey rock, isn't it? What shall we eat? <laughs> what shall we drink? That shouldn't be that important. What shall we wear, ladies? It's probably the biggest one in there, but anyway. But then it goes on. For after all these things, the Gentiles seek. The Gentiles are those that don't believe in God. And what it's saying is, the big rocks in here... Non-Christians, those are the things that are really important. 
And, and this is, this, you need to get this. This is really, really powerful. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Yeah. See, God already knows that we need the white rocks and the, those things like eating. And, you know, God knows that we need the enjoyable things in life. God doesn't want you to miss out. God wants you to have fun. God wants you to enjoy life. That's what he's saying there. Don't worry 